Hi everyone, Dr. Axe here. I am so excited to introduce you to today's co-host of my show, Naomi Whittle. Naomi is a pioneer in the beauty and nutrition industries. She has founded several successful wellness brands, is an expert in diet, herbal medicine, and longevity. And Naomi has traveled the world, including Europe and Asia, studying natural health and finding rare exotic superfoods to help people heal and fight disease. She's also made it her personal mission to better the lives of women by empowering them to take control of their health. Naomi is someone I really trust and admire, and I am thrilled to have her here today. I hope you enjoy her wisdom on today's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Celeste Thomas. She is an amazing, wonderful, beautiful, radiant woman who is a registered nurse and a holistic skincare expert. Celeste, we are really just so delighted to have you here on the Dr. Axe show. I'm Naomi Whittle. And when I saw that we were going to have the opportunity to interview you, I went bananas because my own personal skin health has been um, the area where I've learned the most about my own well-being, right? So I was born with um, autoimmune disorders that manifested in, in severe, severe eczema that I wasn't able to sort of release or repress to a place where um, it no longer like showed up until I was in my, my 20s. And I still on a daily basis uh, <clears throat> really have a struggle with the amount of inflammation in my body. Uh, which I recognize. So if it's clear from a very young age that everything we put into our body is reflected on the outside of our body. And it really led me down the path of not using products on my skin because so many of them, unless they were very specific, very organic, natural, like Dr. Hauschka and things like that, I would struggle with the preservatives. I would struggle with the chemicals. I just, I had that super sensitive skin and, and we know that we absorb 60% of, of what we're putting on our skin. So I'm, I'm so thrilled to learn about your journey and then how you can guide us from an anti-aging perspective, from an acne perspective. And um, I'm thrilled that you have the blog that you have and that you're sharing all of this. Tell us, Celeste, what got you first and foremost, to say this is the area that I want to focus on. Well, thank you, first of all, so much for having me. And I'm so incredibly excited to talk to you because having that journey really teaches you about the importance of skin health and how your skin is a mirror to what's happening inside your body. And, you know, for me, it's that's how I got into this work is because I suffered from acne from the time I was an adolescent, very genetic in my family, my mother, my aunts and uncles. And no one really got to the bottom of it. So I didn't have a lot of guidance. And it was a lot of trial and error that left me with really poor self-confidence, using really, really harsh products, going to dermatologists and doing everything short of Accutane and realizing that that wasn't enough to look inward, look at my diet and my lifestyle and so many different components. And it's led me to a place now where I've learned how to heal my skin from the inside out. And that's what I want to share with as many people as possible. 
to be that resource I didn't have when I was struggling. I, I just love to hear that. I think our skin health as a reflection of what's on the inside. I have a skincare brand that I developed called Outside Meets Inside or OMI, which is also the last three letters of my name. But, you know, skincare is that. It is truly that personal. And um, knowing how to take care of the largest organ that we have that protects us, right? It's protecting us at all times is a a big responsibility. So, when you look at our skin holistically, what are the first, like, let's say three things that you would want us as, as your audience here to really be thinking about? Pretty much the number one thing which you brought up is inflammation that can come from so many different sources. Inflammation, stress levels, which can contribute to inflammation and so many other things. So I really look at you know, systemic inflammation, stress levels, and, and inflammation can be broken down into so many different things from what you put on your body to what you're eating. So that's kind of the umbrella under which all things kind of contribute to skin health. And I really love to talk about products you put on your skin, things you put in your body. And the stress component is so big. And I've seen with my clients and with my community members, if you're not really thinking about your stress levels, it's really hard to decrease that systemic inflammation that's leading to acne, premature aging, eczema, all the different, you know, skincare issues, quote unquote, that we suffer from that we don't like looking at in the mirror. When you talk about stress, what are some of the ways that you, yeah, you recommend to the people that are really looking to create their most radiant version of themselves, because we know, right? Like how we look on the outside is typically a reflection of what's going on on the inside, how we smell on the outside. I know like in Chinese medicine, they'll smell the back of your, they'll smell between your shoulder blades, like our scent, what comes out of our skin is, is critical too. So how do you look at stress we're living in maybe some of the most stressful times of, of our existence. What are the ways that we can combat it? Oh, such a great question. We're living in this hamster wheel of stress and the cortisol response, the inflammatory response that you know so well. But what I always recommend is starting the day off with a cortisol lowering practice, something that will set you off kind of a calm, cool, collective start to your day. And I find that it's a ripple effect, positive ripple effect we start in the morning. So I really highly recommend that people do 30 minutes, no phone in the morning, because that instant getting on your social media, getting on your text, email, when people want things from you, it's an immediate stress and cortisol response that you get from that. So if you do something, anything that brings you joy, it could be a, a tea practice where you're slowly making and enjoying your tea. It could be a meditation, although meditation isn't for everyone. So yes, I meditate. I love meditation, but a lot of people are averse to starting that practice. It's like whatever makes you happy, it's calming and relaxing. And no, a HIIT workout doesn't count. Like I want a few minutes. Of you doing something calming and relaxing, take your time. Then, you know, after you've done your practice, you've had your morning beverage, 
when you can get on your phone, because we inevitably all will. And I truly find that that is such a game changer for people in order to have a less kind of high stress day. Those 30 minutes, that time where you're, you know, we wake up, the cortisol that we bring at our highest level helps us to wake up in the morning, right? So it's really important what it is that you're saying where you're getting your cortisol, like right from the beginning of the day where it's at its highest level into a place where you can use that energy from the cortisol to benefit you, but not stress you, overly stress you or create that kind of angst. Um, what do you do for hydrate? Like you said, you know, after that first half an hour, then you have something, do you drink water when you first start your day um, in that first half an hour? I'm really curious about your hydration. Yeah. So definitely huge water. I sleep with a giant water bottle by my bed, have it filled as soon as I get up, I start the hydration train. I try to drink close to a liter in the morning if I can, because I have noticed with my skin, the more I hydrate, the better my skin looks. So definitely do that. I also huge proponent of matcha, it's that L-theanine, that slow release of caffeine. So again, like you said, my energy levels supported, but they're not spiked so much that I'm in anxiety, stress bubble. So I definitely recommend hydrating. I also love adding natural forms of electrolytes, a little Himalayan salt, a little lemon, always great, especially if someone who wants a little bit of flavor, which is totally understandable. But the hydration piece is also very key. So your morning ritual with meditation or any form of um, slow activity along with the hydration, I love that you're talking about electrolytes and, and the lemon. You know, I, um, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Cohen's work. I actually just recently did a podcast for Dr. Axe um, with her, and it's all about hydration, right? And so getting enough hydration where your body is really um, hydrated, not based on the number of the glasses of water that you're drinking, but really based on the number of times that you're urinating in the day. So if you're urinating six plus times, your body's hydrated. And it seems to me like the skin just exudes that hydration, right? Like I, I know I'm in my late forties and my skin is, is truly leaking moisture at this time because the ceramide production has declined. And, um, that's like the mortar that sort of holds the bricks together. So I'm leaking out that moisture. So my biggest thing is like, okay, the first sign of aging is drying up of the skin. So trying to keep it hydrated from the inside out. And it sounds like your early morning practice does that. Yeah, it does. And I'm so glad you brought that up. The hydration factor is so important for skin, especially as we age. And another great way to get in hydration is thinking about hydrating foods. So it's another reason why eating vegetables, eating produce, eating real whole foods, just the hydration level, you're able to incorporate so much more hydration with micronutrients and other foods that absorb that hydration. When you're doing water, you're doing herbal teas, then also you're eating really fresh, delicious, hydrating food. Great way to start the day. I know everybody's learned something really valuable here. Um, share with us some of the, uh, maybe some of the new sort of research that's got your attention as it relates to skin health and anti-aging skin and acne and those sort of 
areas? You know, the funny thing for me is it's so back to basics. I mean, in my nursing practice, I worked as a registered nurse for seven years in aesthetics and learning all about the newest lasers for anti-aging and, you know, every single product. And really going back to basics, I found this is so much more impactful. And I notice a visible change when it is fermented foods, taking my collagen, reducing stress levels, avoiding inflammatory oils. If you're acne prone, avoiding peanuts and, and just an excess of nuts, it is really the basics. And also, you know, doing a simplistic skincare routine that's supportive of your skin if you're noticing any irritation, inflammation, things of that nature. But I think that is even more important to talk about because most people that I found, especially working with thousands of women who are anywhere from 19 to 50, it's the basics that we sometimes forget about and we go on to buying the latest, greatest thing. And it's kind of like, oh, no, we forgot this whole bucket of just the self-care and really going back to the essentials. Well, self-care is uh, so relevant, obviously, in, in the world that we're living in right now. I mean, I think as women, we all kind of went into that place of shock as we were homebound and, and, you know, really having to take care of ourselves in a way maybe that many of us haven't had to, we were able to, you know, work with each other, get a massage, get a facial, you know, do different things with our family, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden, you know, those options weren't there. Um, so I think self-care is almost like there's a new definition of it for us today and understanding those basics. So you talked about fermented food. Tell us why uh, fermentation is such a valuable way to, yeah, to eat. It's one of the things that really, truly changed my skin the most when I was on this journey of learning more about holistic skin care when I was suffering from acne. I'd taken a probiotic here and there, another one that was highly researched, just kind of whatever a friend was taking or I found at Whole Foods and making my own organic fermented foods. I went to a course, actually, if you've heard of Lacey Phillips, she used to teach courses on fermented food. So went to one of her courses and making bioavailable, real, whole fermented foods supported my microbiome. When you have a healthy microbiome, you can best break down, digest, and absorb all of those expensive nutrients from all your food from Erwan and your organic produce. So I found that really healing my gut with bioavailable fermented foods allowed me to absorb all of those nutrients that made my skin healthy and glowy. Oh, I love it. Do you eat fermented food every day? I do. So what are some of your favorites? So I make my own. So I make a probiotic coconut yogurt that I'll put on the top of a smoothie or on my oatmeal. That's every day because I'm so addicted to it. Um, And I also make fermented veggies. I love fermented onions. Like I do kind of like throw a piece of beet in there and make it a red onion situation. Kraut, I mean, you name it. If it's fermented, I will eat it. And what's so great about fermented foods is, uh, you know, they're supplying all of these prebiotics as well. So I always think about prebiotics as the favorite food of our microbiome. So it's like, oh, I get to have my chosen favorite food and it just feeds the, you know, 
the whole immune function in such an amazing way. And it's fast. Like you said, it's something that probably made the biggest difference for you. I can tell you also with uh, the power of fermentation, it's been obviously used forever throughout the world. Um, And we all know that, but as it relates to like a high fat diet, and especially for women's health, um, some of the experts that I've interviewed over the years have really shown clinically that incorporating fermented food every day into your diet helps you to burn more of the fat that you're eating for fuel. So it actually supports um, your ketone production in a really interesting way. And I had, I, I had never known that. So I think we're going to discover more and more and more about the power of fermentation, right? It's that ancient wisdom that has so much science behind it that no one's taken the time to do until now. So that's, again, why I'm saying go back to the basics, because there's so much wisdom in those basics. And it is so incredible when we're learning more from scientists and top researchers. And it's kind of like, yeah, duh, fermented food. We've been doing it since the dawn of time. And every culture around the world had a fermentation practice. We've just lost it in modern society. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried to make your own fermented food. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. But it's actually so easy. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I grew what up kind of fermented food. Well, all sorts of different things. So I was born in Switzerland and I was born on a biodynamic farm. So I grew up with fermentation from, you know, the yogurt. It's like, I love that you do the coconut yogurt and a lot of, a lot of people get nervous, <clears throat> you know, like this is going to be really hard to do, but it's not that hard. It just takes that time, you know, uh, all sorts of vegetables, Um, my kids, I have four children, but my three boys, my daughter just went to college. My three boys are obsessed with fermentation as well. So, you know, it's everything from pickles. It doesn't matter. We're just always trying to bring fermented foods, the sauerkrauts and the amount of serotonin that your body produces in the gut based on sauerkraut. I mean, talk about stress reduction, improving your mood. You can do it with these things that also help us to glow and, and be our most beautiful versions of ourselves. Uh, it's so true. And anyone listening, if you want to incorporate fermented foods into your diet and you don't want to make them per se, I have great recipes. I have an ebook on how to ferment at home. It's very easy. But if you're not, um, are they on your blog? Yet, yes, I can send you a link. Great. Yeah. We'll put the, the links, all the links in the show notes. That's great. It's, it's very simple, but for those who don't want to start a fermentation practice yet, you can start by getting live fermented food. You want to look for the live active cultures. Like that's the word you want to look for. You want to look for something organic, but any health food store these days will have it. And just incorporating a table food in a day into your diet, you can start to see those positive effects. So give us some examples of some of the favorite live fermented foods that we could buy at a health food store. You were talking about Air One, which is my favorite, but I think it's only out in in California. And, uh, you know, Dr. Axe is in Nashville and, you know, we have (laughs) people listening from all over. So give us some things that people could go to their health food store and say, aha, Celeste told me this is what I need to be incorporating. Yeah, so because I make my own, I have limited knowledge about the brands, I will say, but there's a brand called Mothers, and they do a raw fermented kimchi. Um, It's 
a lot of their products are based on traditional Korean recipes, but they're mm-hmm. super high quality, very delicious. And I do buy that because I don't necessarily always have the ingredients to make an organic fermented kimchi at home, yeah. but I love it so much. So I do buy the mother's brand. I love that. And, and thinking about Korean foods, right? How much fermentation every single meal, the little side dishes that you have are all fermented, you know, all these beautiful vegetables. And I would tell you also, um, I did a YouTube video while I was in Tokyo a couple of years ago, I was interviewing the Nobel prize winner for autophagy. So I wrote my first book on this natural detox process called autophagy, which is autophagy self-eating. And it's, while I didn't know what that was when I was younger, I always understood that my cells were either building or sort of breaking down at a very like elementary level. And then I learned through the researchers that I work with that, oh, there's actually this thing called autophagy. And so I was over there interviewing uh, Yosunori Osumi on his, his Nobel Prize winning research on the topic. And I did a YouTube video where I went into a Japanese grocery store. And oh my goodness, Celeste, you would have flipped because the amount of fermented foods that they had to offer. And then it's like, you get to go to that section of the store and taste all of them. They want you to try them. And they were things I had never eaten in my life. And it just shows, you know, culturally, this isn't new. And there are many cultures that incorporate so much of this fermentation. And how did the skin look of the, of the general population? Hello, of right? Same in Korea. I went to Korea a few years back just to do some skin research and learn about when, when K-beauty really popped. So I wanted to learn yeah. more about K-beauty. And yes, with the fermented food, everywhere you go with the banchan and all the different fermented um, little bowls and deliciousness. And then looking at the skin of the Korean population, I mean, it was really, really incredible. And it showed me at every socioeconomic class, there was glowing, beautiful skin at every age, glowing, beautiful skin. I mean, that those diet and lifestyle practices of the self-care, taking time for skincare, eating fermented foods, it, it was so incredible. It blew my mind. I'm so happy anything I've ever you seen. went there. You know, certainly for those of us that are in the skincare space, we know that the that the number of advancements in skincare, in makeup, in all of these um, applications, truly most of the time is stemming from Korea. So the this point that you just made about K-beauty, yes, I can remember even, you know, for many, many years, I, I launched my skincare, I think in 2019, this outside meets inside skincare, but I had been researching for maybe 10 years before that and trying to formulate efficacious products without all of the additives. And it's so difficult, but the, but the chemists, the formulators that are always sort of at the cutting edge are the Korean. And so you going right to sort of the belly, the source of, of that kind of insight and know-how and intellect and leadership around skin beauty and skin health is really cool. So what else do you you love? Oh, go on. No, but it was really cool going to Korea. And like you're saying about the innovation, there's this brand called Wamisa, which was very interested in learning more about these. It was the cleanest K-beauty brand I had found. It's like, okay, 
It's very limited here. I want to find out more. And their scientists were using fermented filtrate for florals and rice and different ingredients in every single one of their products to make it more potent, to also just help heal the microbiome of your skin. And it was so incredible to see the advancements in these ingredients. But it's again, back to basic of using, you know, the power of fermentation to heal skin. What's the name of it? Wamisa. Wamisa. Wow. Yeah. I mean, how, how great. And, and like you said, you know, the science is relatively new as it, as we understand, okay, this, this microbiome, what needs to happen on the outermost layer of our body and how that works with our internal microbiome is um, pretty, pretty exciting stuff. It's so exciting. And you know this because you were a skincare formulator and had a product or product line, but so many people, especially, especially when you're dealing with acne, we overstrip our skin. We're using really harsh alcohols. We're using really harsh products and we're breaking down those barriers. We are negatively impacting our skin's microbiome, you know, barrier of our skin. And we're really not allowing our skin to heal itself, which is the most powerful thing our skin can do. Like you said, it is the organ that's protecting us. So when you break it down, you're susceptible to bacteria, inflammatory agents, and it's really impossible to heal acne when you're overstripping. And how easy is it to overstrip? Like how fast do we do that? All depends on the products and the individual. I mean, the thing is, we are so bio-individual with our skin. You're talking about your eczema journey, my genetic acne journey. It's such a practice in paying attention to your skin, to your intuition, listening to your body, looking for signs of inflammation, redness, irritation, broken capillaries. Like what is it that you're seeing? And is that indicative of irritation for stripping? My daughter, um, who's 19, has challenges with acne. And so I was actually, as I mentioned, she's in college. So I was lamenting the other day and I was in her bathroom sort of looking at her products. Um, and I was somewhat taken away by just the amount of products that do have low levels of alcohol or that strip the skin. And I thought, wow, for her to keep her skin balanced, right? Like it's, it's something that can almost be counterintuitive for a lot of people like what I'm going to put that fermented yogurt, that coconut yogurt that I just made all over my face. And that's going to be like the best thing I could do. It sounds, it sounds weird. I mean, I was, I used to, uh, and I still do, you know, use all different oils on my skin. Um, but I would use something, I mean, like Udo's oil or the different omegas, you know, there's sea buckthorns. There's so many beautiful oils that we can really nourish our skin with. And, you're talking about that barrier. So how do we best protect that barrier? If it's, if it's the acne, you know, where we're stripping ourselves or from an anti-aging perspective, like where I'm at, where I'm thinking, okay, how do I keep as much moisture and hydration in? Yeah. Well, you brought up a great ingredient, the ceramicide. Yes. What the pronunciation? Ceramicide? Ceramicide? Um, yeah, like uh, ceramide. Yeah. There, there's different ways. Ceramide, of yeah. Yes, the building blocks, kind of that skin glue. You can rehydrate your skin, incorporate some of those. 
I love the aloes. I love the sodium PCA hydrating ingredients. So those are all really, really good ways to kind of protect that barrier. And also, if you are going to use acid, which I'm a huge fan of acid because I'm acne prone. Like fruit so acid? Yeah, so AHAs and BHAs. I like both of them. And I'll kind of talk about why I like either. But when you're acne prone and it's genetic, you have this sticking of skin cells, the sebum, and actually your body retains these skin cells in the little brick formation. And they don't as easily slough as other people who may not be acne prone. So you have to get in there and help strip the skin in a very slow and steady manner while also hydrating and moisturizing and protecting it. So it is tricky, like you said. Everyone's different and you have to be very, very careful. But you can still use something like alpha hydroxy acids, which are more of those fruit acids, those lactic acids, those gentle acids, which is fine. But when you apply any kind of acid, you need to make sure that you're then hydrating with maybe a mist, a serum, and then moisturizing with maybe a beautiful oil so that you're making sure to cocoon that beautiful skin that you've stripped to support the barrier. I love it. I love, I love all of the fruit enzymes. And you're right, it is tricky, right? So if you were to give us um, a protocol for acne, um, where, where would we, like, let's talk about it a little bit, but then where do we find it on your blog? Can we add it into the show notes? And then I also want to have you give us a protocol for, for anti-aging. Yeah, for sure. So with acne, the first step that's so important that a lot of us miss, and this is going to be the same for anti-aging, is a really, really deep cleanse. And I'm not saying with something harsh, get in there with your hands, massage for a minute, make sure you get all of the dirt and impurities and everything off of your skin so that it's able to fully absorb those beautiful products that you spent lots of money on. I find a lot of my clients and people in my community, you know, we're washing our face and then we're not really washing our face. So that's step one. Then for acne, you can keep it really simple. So you could just cleanse. Then I really love to do an ice roll. So with an ice cube or ice roller, but taking down the inflammation on the surface of the skin is really, really great. It will prevent breakouts if you have under the skin things, if you have little cysts. And then it also calms things that may be already visibly on your skin. If you have a big pimple, that ice rolling really, really helps. And it's, it's preventative, but also treating what we have because we have acne right now in this scenario. Then adding a hydrator. So there's a million different ways you can hydrate. I love a mist with aloe. I love a serum with hyaluronic acid. It doesn't have to be too complex. There's a lot of products that have great hydrators. And then we're going to use a moisturizer. So before, before we go on to moisturizer, I love that you talked about a hydrator and a moisturizer, right? Because there's a distinction between the two. And a lot of times, even, even um, top chemists that have developed world-renowned skincare products would have challenges in articulating, okay, this is about hydration and this is about moisture. Tell us the difference in how you're viewing hydration versus moisture. I'm going to say it, break it down in the most simple layman's terms. Hydration has to do with water. Moisture has to do with oil. So we want to make sure that we get all of the beautiful hydration, which is water into the skin. And then we seal it with moisture, which is oil. You need both in order to have 
juicy, plump, beautiful, dewy, healthy skin. Oh my gosh. Like how delicious is that? And how well did you just explain that? I can tell you, like I said, it's, it's, um, it's so important that we know that distinction, hydration, moisture, water versus the oils. And we need both. I'm so glad you brought it up because it can kind of, you know, breeze by my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, everyone knows. But a lot of people don't, and that's okay. We're learning and there's still so much I want to learn about skincare. I'm sure you do too, but that basic is is so essential because you cannot have one without the other. If you put oil on top of clean skin, you will still be dehydrated, but a little bit oily. And if you use hydration without oil, it will all become evaporated. Like you said, as we age, we're even more susceptible to that. So they're, they're useless without each other. Oh, how beautiful. And, you know, we are talking about like this next level of self-care. We've been through this time where we have to care for ourselves differently. And we're able to do that by simply understanding concepts that maybe we brushed over before, right? Like thinking about skincare, how many of us that are, that are listening right now are like, oh, you know what? I never really thought about the difference between hydration and moisture and that I have to have the two hand in hand. So hyaluronic acid, right? It holds like a thousand times its weight in, in water. It, it attracts that, that hydration right into the skin. And I love the mists um, so, so, so much. So there. Absolutely them is critical. I'm so happy you taught us that. Especially with fall and winter. I mean, it's the time where we really need it more than ever. So that's great. And there's a million different moisturizers for acupuncture. skin. You know, they're, like we talked about, amazing oils, jojoba oils, the rosehip oils, there's oils that are non-comotogenic, meaning they don't clog pores. So don't be afraid of oils if you have acne. It's really about just making sure you're cleansing your skin properly when you do that step so that you're not just getting build up because that's what we don't want when we're acting from we don't want a bunch of sebum and environmental agents that are you know going to oxidize that are stressful to the skin pollutants dust mites from our pillow we want clean skin and then a non-homogenic oh, that's just really difficult word to say homogenic <laughs> oils are fantastic and then of course with acupuncture skin a lot of people don't think about this but your SPF to prevent scarring for your past breakouts and current breakouts is so incredibly important. Because once your acne has subsided, you're still going to have to deal with a little bit of scarring. So the SPF component is huge. That's so great. Oh, I love this protocol. So talk to us about the differences with anti-aging. Oh, or before you even go there, um, with acne skin, can you also talk to us a little bit about, I know this is sort of just a, a quick overview and we can go to your blog to get like more details and you have courses and things like that too. Is that right? Will you tell us a little bit about your courses? Like what, what an acne course would be like? So I have multiple courses. I have an ebook that's specifically acne. Acne is your only concern. You might be a little younger. You're just putting your toe in. I also have the skin confidence course, which is a video module course and goes through all the different things we talked about with reducing inflammation, reducing stress, dietary components, and then how to apply skincare, what ingredients to look for, and just so many different ways to troubleshoot. That's so great. Um, before we go on to anti-aging, and I love this idea of your course. I mean, we can learn so much with these modules where it's like 
I bet you have a, a quite a few of them and you go into real depth there. On a, on a weekly or monthly basis for acne skin, are there a couple of things that you would recommend that we do? Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. Like you said, when I talked about the acids, that's something that I really would love for acne prone individuals to try to incorporate. Start with once a week. This is not something that we want to overdo. You really need to listen to your skin and we can always build up. But I always recommend doing maybe a treatment mask that has alpha hydroxy acids in it just to start. Once a week at night, after you cleanse your skin, you do the mask, you do the rest of your PM skincare routine. If your skin responds well, maybe we'll increase it to twice a week and you can just kind of do that and that will help break down those dead skin cells and that sebum so you're not getting as many clogged pores and you're sloughing the top layers of your skin off a little more frequently so that you're not seeing those remnants of you know, the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and the scarring and stuff like that. It's a great way to do it. Wow, I love that you're sharing um, sort of a bit of a time relationship to skin health, skin care. One of the areas that I'm so passionate about that Dr. Axe brings to us is really sort of taking bone broth and making it um, an easy and super accessible uh, solution, right? Like with all the amazing bone broth products that he has, and you can just take them, drink them in the morning and um, use them throughout the day. How do you feel about um, incorporating different bone broths and how often do you do it? I'm so obsessed. I mean, biggest fan girl right here of Dr. Axel. I use his bone broth protein every single day. Amazing. I'm in love with it. And one of the main reasons is because there's so many amino acids that we don't get in our modern American diet. Those amino acids are really essential to building collagen and healing skin. And unless you're eating tendon meat and organ meat and boiling down bones, which we are not, most especially women in this country are, are, you know, not eating as much meat. And especially there's such a trend of plant-based diets, which great. I have no issue with that, but getting those amino acids from bone broth in a convenient form. So that you have them in your body to nourish and rebuild your skin is incredible. And I've been to estheticians that have told me that they can tell if a client is vegan right away, just looking at their skin elasticity. And that just shows you that those amino acids from meat products and bone broth really do help with the anti-aging process. Yeah, it's so interesting. I know, you know, throughout Asia, it's a daily occurrence, right? Like you're drinking it and and it's so it's so great that that Dr. Axe in the way of sort of combining the, the bone broth protein has made it so accessible. It just makes me incredibly happy for all of us, really. It's a good thing. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about anti-aging and the anti-aging regimen. I love this. And I'm, I'm 32. I've been focused on anti-aging since I was 26. I mean, I, I worked in aesthetics. I learned a lot about lasers and all of these different technologies wow. for aging. Um, but really and truly, there are so many things you can do at home that are really, really effective. So we really want to start adding actives into our routine. So actives that I really love, these are active skincare ingredients is what I'm talking about. If someone just wants to start the anti-aging process, I mean, at 25, you can start adding actives into your routine. And what I recommend is in the morning, adding a vitamin C, really potent antioxidant to help protect your skin from 
environmental pollutants, sun exposure, those kind of things. So not only does it help with your current pigmentation, but it's protective for your skin. And then in the evening, I love to add either a retinol or a bio-retinol alternative, which helps speed cell turnover. So you're seeing a decrease in fine lines and wrinkles, sunspots, and also getting a collagen boost. I love it. Yeah, it's simple solutions, but that keyword of actives is so important. Are there are there other foods that you also recommend for anti-aging that we should be incorporating like higher levels of? We've talked about fermentation, we've spoken about, you know, the broths, the the bone broths and so forth, the vegetables, the hydration, um, both inside and out. What else? So those are the, the top major ones, but I will say maybe anecdotally, you know, when I was learning about fermented foods and in a lot of Eastern cultures, eating seasonally is very important because the nutrients in these seasonal produce items have bioavailable nutrients that you need for the season, right? So in drier times and warmer times, so that squash that you're eating with that vitamin A is going to protect your skin through the colder months. And, it, you know, it's not anecdotal. It's real stuff. I mean, Mother Earth is so much wiser than we are. But I have seen, heard, found that eating seasonally really elicits the most healthy, glowing skin that I'm sure there's anti-aging component in having those nutrients. I love it. Yeah, seasonal, it's like um, the circadian rhythm that we all have, right? And being in tune with that circadian rhythm and then also if you can shop, if you have the privilege of being able to shop at the farmer's market where you can get that seasonal food, uh, it can make a real difference. I totally agree with that. And it's so beautiful and it it makes eating healthy more fun. And I think, you know, we can talk for hours about all the things that we should do and need to do and buy this and do that. And it's regimented, but really finding the joy in this is so essential because how fun is it to go and buy a kabocha squash in the fall and make a beautiful soup for you and your family. It's, mm, it's a novelty. So true. Yes. Yeah. I was doing actually um, a live stream the other day with uh, Dr. Axe and his partner, Jordan Rubin uh, from Ancient Nutrition. We were doing it with Sprouts Farmer's Market, you know, where goodness grows. And the conversation was all around these seasonal, like the squash that you were just talking about that so many of us had never heard of before, but just incorporating different nutrients with different foods, trying different foods. So like having that sense of adventure, if you can, in your um, palate, but that you're putting those things into your body and like, what does that do for your health? I always think about that when I'm in different cultures and what's a staple here. Like I was in Cameroon, West Africa, Um, just over a year ago, uh, because I was chasing down this amazing seasoning, this spice, we call it spice fruit. I brought it back to the U S but it's like, um, it's like turmeric is in India. This, this amazing super fruit that grows at the top of the trees, the people of Cameroon, they use it every single day. They season their food every single day. And you're like, how did I never hear about this? So you go to the farmer's let's say the spice market in Cameroon and truly the women in the different areas are, I saw this one woman grating limestone and they, and they add the limestone into their soups. So they're getting all those minerals and you're like, what, who does this? 
no, lots of people do it in different parts of the world. And it's a big part of their health regimen. You know, you were talking about electrolytes. How do people get the minerals that they need? Um, which always fascinates me. So I have a question for you. If you were like, if you're having to go live on an island and you can only bring like one ingredient with you, I know it sounds like a silly question, but I'm just so curious. Like what would that one ingredient be for your course? Oh, it's so hard. I mean, I would bring a probiotic culture because I have my starter that's been my mother's starter I've had for seven years now. I use it. Wow. And I could ferment anything on that island, right? So I would be fermenting bamboo shoots. I would be finding different things and making my own fermented food. But otherwise, I'd be lost. <laughs> so. That's like the best answer. I'm, I, I, you know, if I ever get stuck on an island, I want to call you. <laughs> that's so you. good. That is so good. <laughs> So you've had it for seven years. Mm-hmm. Ever since I took that workshop. And that was a mother that had been passed down from her teacher. So it's been, I don't know how many years old this mother fermented starter is, but she has served me so well. And I mean, I, I owe her a lot of credit for helping me start this journey and heal my acne. Oh my gosh. That's really beautiful. And um, you ferment, you're constantly fermenting, like you're eating your fermented foods every single day. It becomes second nature. I mean, I go to the farmer's market at a grocery store. I have leftover broccoli stock or something. I'm like, oh, just pass it in a thing. And I just have a little area in my kitchen that I have some fermented foods and it's great. It's always a, a cycle. So inspired by that. And it's also, you know, the kitchen is really the source of so much of our good health. And we have so much opportunity to grow our good health and that of our families, like right there in the kitchen. If it's, if it's sprouts, you know, we love all of the microgreens. I love, love, love broccoli sprouts. And I love them not being a garnish. I love them being a salad, you know, where you're incorporating more or different herbs and making all different types of pestos and having a herb garden, like we can have even little tiny gardens in our kitchen and, and benefit from those. And the antioxidants, I mean, you know, the sprouts, the autophagy antioxidants, but when you're incorporating herbs and sprouts and things like that, I mean, those antioxidants in those herbs, there's a reason why they have flavor, right? The flavor comes from the nutritional value that's in them. And that's why eating whole foods is so great for your skin. And when I talk to a lot of people who are suffering from skin conditions, when we break down their diet, there is a lot, a lot of time of those fresh, whole, delicious plant Oh, So this nutrient density, these fermented foods, like really sort of pulling from different cultures and understanding that our most beautiful version of ourself can, can be from those different uh, learnings that our sisters, mothers, grandmothers, everybody can, can sort of share with each other. I, uh, I like where you started the conversation around stress and cortisol levels and what you do in the morning, because if, you know, my, my goal with, with, uh, sharing this information with Dr. Axe's, you know, audience is that we can walk away with like practical solutions. So when people think back to this particular podcast, they're like, oh yes. So Celeste was talking about 
the culture that she has, that she's had the mother for seven years. And, and that's part of her daily routine. That's really interesting. Like maybe I could incorporate that into my life and that could be life. That's life changing to you. That can be life changing to others. So um, these are huge pieces of wisdom that you're sharing with us, especially as we're looking at self-care through this new lens, like this new perspective. Um, the cortisol that you were speaking about, that morning ritual, are there other things that you do for stress throughout the day as, as you spoke how about how important reduction in stress is for the health of our and the beauty of our skin? It's really crazy. Just having a morning practice, like we discussed before, has taken me from a place where I used to have pretty debilitating anxiety to feeling very good throughout the day. But I will say there are little things that I do that at this point I don't even realize that I do that help. Um, I will definitely say movement in the form of walking. I try to get in some form of a walk every single day. And when I walk, I try to make a conscious effort of, you know, I'm walking the dog. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not texting. It's just that time to reconnect with the earth and get fresh air and give my mind a little break. And I don't know if you found this, but when I do those things, not only do I feel so much better in my body, but creativity sparks. Yeah. And you really connect with the things you want out of life. Like, oh, I really want to do this. And oh, I have this idea. So there's just such a beauty in taking that time to decompress throughout your day, even if it's just 15 minutes of time outside. Yeah, I mean, there's so much science on um, like that great book, The Nature Fix, or there's so much science on even when you go outside, if you can look up and enjoy the sky, what that does for our health, being around water, if you have access to that, you know, when you're taking a walk is a huge benefit. I have a forest garden that we're just starting to build here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how lucky, how exciting. But, you know, I was introduced to this concept of forest garden through National Geographic, where, you know, there's, there's so many different types of plants that can be grown in a forest garden that can be harvested where you're not having to cultivate like you do with a regular garden. So it's the, the possibilities with nature and our health are kind of endless. Really incredible. Yeah. I took it for granted as a kid. My parents are very outdoorsy and, you know, I was born in Hawaii, grew up in Oregon around some beautiful scenery. And I'm like, I want to live in Los Angeles. I'm going to be a city kid. And then I'm like, wait, wait, I need the ocean that feeling when you go to the beach and you put your feet in the sand with those ions just hit your body and you see the ocean, like you said, you can feel it. So we know the science is there now, but it's like the, that feeling as a human, like that's what we're meant to do is connect with the earth. So I could not recommend that more. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So tell us more about what you're most excited in your own journey right now, like what, what's got you going? What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? You're like, yeah, I, I'm, cause you're a very passionate person and you're very dedicated to the work that you do and the journey you're on. So talk to us a little bit about what's going on. I'm so passionate about my coaching practice. I'm doing one-on-one -on -one holistic skincare coaching. And for years now, maybe four years, I've been sharing everything that I've learned on social media, through YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all the things. And I'm so passionate about that. But getting together with women one-on-one, -on -one, I have male clients too, and going through their life journey on where they were never listened to, the struggles they had, 
and really listening to them, seeing their lifestyle, helping them implement things that are actionable, that actually make sense for their lifestyle, and then having them see results and having life-changing results. I think it bring me to tears right now. It is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. And it really just allows me to fulfill my mission of being the resource I didn't have. And I oh, love it. And, and you've always been in the caring profession, right? You're a nurse and you practice being a nurse probably for many years. Yeah, for seven years. So when I graduated from nursing school, I was 22. And I, you know, 10 years later, I'm still in a caring profession. And I just, I'm one of those humans that loves other humans. And I want everyone to really optimize how they feel about themselves inside and out. And skin is a big part of that. And we can pretend that it's just vanity, but it really does impact our daily lives. And there is a way that everyone can have healthy skin. They feel good in, and I just want to help as many people as I can get there. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful mission. And clearly you're doing it. And, uh, you know, we can't hide behind our skin. It's like, it's all there. And so what you do is showing and, and you're radiant and it's just very inspiring um, to hear your words and then to see the result of, of what you're doing. So, oh, I can't thank you enough for sharing all of this with all of us and sort of taking self-care to that next level. So we're going to put oh. everything in the show notes. I know everyone's totally fallen in love with you, just like oh. I have, and uh, keep up the work. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I feel like we need to go on like a, a date to go get Korean food and eat. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. But that's, that's the thing. It's like, we, we have these tools in our hands. We can do this stuff at home. I mean, you've given us like really practical, simple solutions and who knows, maybe we will go on a date to Korea or some other, you know, part of the world where, where the women are like doing something that we've never heard of. And they're like, Oh yeah, I've been doing this. My grandmother <laughs> Like what? Okay, we got to bring it back to our girls in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. And to anyone listening, if anyone needs more one-on-one help, you can always DM me. I always check my DM. Obviously, you've heard I love to help people, so wow. feel free. Well, thank you, Celeste. This was an amazing time, and um, I look forward to continuing to learn from you as you continue on this journey. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.